Thanks for tuning in to part two of our top 10 films of 2020. We'll give you guys a little recap of our five through 10 films, and then we'll get right on into it. So thank you so much, and we hope you enjoy The Drive Home's top four films of 2020. Let's, uh, let's do a quick little recap of everyone's 10 through 5 before we hit, our, our, hit the big boys in the top four. Yep. So, uh, you know, I'll uh, start my number 10 movie of 2020 is Dick Johnson is Dead. My number 9 movie of 2020 is Tenant. My number 8 is St. Francis. My number 7, Palm Springs. Number 6, The Trial of the Chicago 7. And number five, the assistant. Um, I'll go next. My number ten was, um, my number ten was I carry you with me. My number nine was and then we danced. My number eight was the trial of Chicago Seven. My number seven was the forty year old version, and my number six was Soul. And my number five is Sound of Metal. And Omar's list, the best list, is number 10, Mayor. Number nine, Another Round. Number eight, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. It's number seven, Soul. Bad Education coming in at six. And The Invisible Man is my number five. Ooh. All right. Well, why don't I, uh, I, I'll go ahead and start us off with our number four. My number four movie of 2020 is one of the two movies that shows up on all three of our lists uh this is a movie that was my most anticipated of the year and it completely delivered uh comes from my favorite production company in the game and that would be pixar's soul no so you should visit their studios in emeryville when you went to california yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd fucking love to go to the Pixar studios. Well, dude. I adore Pixar. It's, you know, since I was a little kid, I've just always loved Pixar. There's like maybe three bad Pixar movies ever, and two of them are Cars because <laughs> I don't know why they made three of those. One was plenty. Remember the good but, dinosaur? Anybody? By the way, one of two that I have not seen. I have not I have seen not the good seen dinosaur, and I have not seen Brave, and that's all. Yeah. And onward, but I'll, yeah, but so Soul, right? Pete Doctor's latest, and Pete Doctor is you know a, a legend at Pixar. He's behind Inside Out, Up, Monsters Inc., and a whole lot more. And Soul about a jazz musician named Joe Gardner who gets lost, right? And he's a lost soul, and finding his way back into his body in time for his big break, which is finally coming after years of, of teaching jazz and, and not being able to do what he really wants. And this movie was just, I mean, it's so magical, man. I mean, the way that Pixar movies have this ability to, to make anyone like kind of cry on command, specifically me, right? Like I'll just <sighs> ball my eyes out whenever they want me to. And they'll set me up like the first 10 minutes of up and, I'll bite hook, line, sinker and spend the next five minutes uncontrollably crying. And actually what I loved about soul is that it didn't make me do that. Right. Like it, it did not try to be emotionally manipulative at all. It was just there. It, 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 it's such a mature movie. Not that, not that most of Pixar's aren't, 
but this one in particular, you know, it, it, it came out Christmas night, right? The, the night, December 25th. And it just, I, I feel like so many families that night sat down and watched Soul. And it's one of those Pixar movies that felt like it was made for the parents, you know? Um, and it just, you, you don't just get a cathartic sobbing session at any time. At least I didn't. You really had to grapple with what was going on and, and grapple with these ideas of, of trying to find yourself and, and how do you find your passion? Do you have a passion in life? Does everyone have a reason to be here? It, it doesn't answer any of the questions. It doesn't give you really any answers and it just kind of presents them and you can choose. I, I don't know. I, I was just floored by this movie. I, sat there contemplating my whole life and, and, you know, people, how you, I don't know, just, I have a just, question. Wow. I mean, for both of yeah. you, was yeah. I the only one who apparently like lives under a rock and didn't realize what this movie was actually about? Because I thought it was going to be like some whiplash style, just story about a musician or a guy who wanted to be a musician. Are you saying before I watched the film, before it came out, did I know yeah, what it was about? Like I, cause I, had I no feel idea. like I'm spoiling anything by saying this, but the movie takes a quite a bit of a turn in the first 10 it minutes. Yep. And I literally did not see that coming because I just oh. had avoided the marketing of the movie and everything. So I literally had no idea it was going to become some existential, you know, Soul Dude, I had I had no idea. I mean, you would imagine so. You get Pixar, you get Pixar, especially you get Pete Doctor. You know, you like you're getting something that's a little substantial. But mm -hmm. I had yeah. no idea going into it that I was going to get these deep philosophical questions about how we live our lives and if it's okay to live our life, however, or if there's a right way to live our lives. And and so no, I, you are not alone. I was not expecting that at all. No, me like, well, where are you at on this? All Anything I, knew, to add? I mean, I feel like we've covered a. All I knew was uh, Tina Fey and Jamie Foxx were in this movie, and it was about jazz, and it was that and more. It was that a lot more, actually. Um, that and, and a whole lot more. It, 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 oh, it, it, I, and I, a criticism I see, and I, that's why I don't think I rated it as high as that, is that it's very, a very similar to Inside Out, but a very similar idea. Sure, it's in the same vein. It's, it's in the same vein, exactly. And I just, and, don't get me wrong. This is my number six movie of the year. It's a guy rated four and a half, but I rewatched and I actually watched inside out. We watched inside out the next, the uh, next morning and soul's great, but inside out something else. It's, so I think it's the best Pixar movie of all time. Yeah, I, see, well, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite there. I think it's up. I think outside of if no nostalgia, like finding Nemo and those and toy story mm -hmm. and like, those are not there. Sure. Yes. It's the best movie, but I have nostalgia, and so that's why I find it will always be number one with Incredibles. I I saw Inside Out in a theater. Let's see, it came out in 2015. <laughs> yeah. I was I 17 years old. I was yeah. sitting next to my sister, who was five years younger than me, who is sitting in the room right now. And when, when, when Bing Bong ate it, I was <laughs> sobbing like a goddamn child, and my little sister, who's five years younger than me, twelve years old at the time, is looking at me like I'm a fucking psychopath. Like I was, dude, that she must have been so sobbing. Yeah, she was like, "Why am I sitting next to this guy?" Seventh yeah, year old dude. kid. But besides the point, soul. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I don't know about you guys, but I literally kind of had to just go and sit in my room after finishing that movie Dude, and just kind of like think, you know, 100%. I was so contemplative after that movie. I was literally sitting there like, what the fuck is my purpose in life? Right? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to have a purpose? Am also, I supposed to know? Do I have a purpose? Do I not know it? It spiraled me in the best way possible. Yeah, And you can always like find like, always find your passions. Like it's never, never too late to figure out what you want and what you're interested in. There's always time. Yeah. Man. I, in a way I mean, it had, it had some similar themes to a movie we're going to be talking about later in terms of, you know, appreciating yeah. what you got and, you know, you never know mm-hmm. when something might happen to you that kind of just alters your life forever. So, you know, we'll talk hey, about hey, that. Amen. Guys, I, I'm All sorry. Right. This is a, just a quick detour quickly. I'm just going through, like, letterbox. We'll just talk about the app later. But I'm going to just do, like, what your friends are watching. It's such an easy way to see what people rated, like, the five-star, four-and-a-half star. It's so easy. I just want to highlight letterbox. This wouldn't happen without them. But, oh, my God. Thank not you a, Hashtag not a sponsor. Not, not sponsored. Not sponsored. We're not sponsored. Um, all right, o- Omid, you want to uh, hit us with your number four movie of the year? God, wow. I'm really in love with my top four, top five. <laughs> I consider Corpus Christi. I think, I think we all are. That's why they're in our top five. Um, so this is a film one other person has seen. I was able to see this through the New York Film Festival. Um, again, thank Shout you. Shout out Film at Lincoln. Thank you, Lincoln Center. Center. Not um, sponsored. And this is uh, Chloe Zhao's Nomadland. And that's my number four and god fucking damn is this movie something else like it is a beautiful movie to watch like i i like no dialogue no no nothing just watching the landscape and just the people on mute five stars no i didn't give it five stars but so beautiful um i'm someone who hasn't been able to explore the like actual mountain west of america and the heartland of america and I just felt like I was transformed into that landscape watching uh, mm-hmm. then. Oh, um, as much as soul made you guys think so much, Nomadland was the most introspective film I had experience I had in like watching it. I, I wrote in my review when uh, Mr. Tarbush actually texted me after saying he really like, it was my one of his favorite review of mine because I do talk about like the film, like makes you think about, like what 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 do you want to like what do you want your life to be like what are the highs and lows of being a human um and how how can you what can you plan for anything or or is it is it just go with the flow and the film does a great job so actually a lot of these people within nomadland um the actors sort of said there's only like two professional actors in this film it's yeah, first they're actually and, nomads dude it's huh? nuts they're actually like exactly not, no exactly everyone else is everyone else is a real nomad only the only two mm-hmm. actors in this film are francis mcdormand who francis. produce it and david stratton strat strat to him straight there straight then thank you um <laughs> and so they we're gonna get a lot of whatever anyways it's a such an introspective film and um and it made me think about things that don't really come to like that that just don't ever come to my brain surface i bet deep down in my dreams or like when I'm really thinking, I think these things. I think about how valuable life is and how I want to go about my life. And you learn about these people and how they ended up in this position, if it was by choice or if it was by economic circumstance or social circumstances. And it is absolutely stunning. Um, the score is unbelievable. Who awesome. did it? Score. Absolutely awesome score. You know who did it? 
Ludovico Lu- mm, and right now. Oh, Ludovico, my boy. Yeah. Well, interesting God, you man. say that. I don't know if you remember now so when we discussed this. You said you didn't even notice. You didn't notice it that much. And I was like, how could you not? Like it's such a dude. It was very subtle. I remember. I remember writing in my notes that it's 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 such a subtle score. It's it's yeah. just chilling in the background, and it's that's it underscores the whole movie. It's such a subtle film. Yeah. The, but, the film is. I don't know. And and Joshua James Richard cinematographer, which I've already talked about how such a beautiful film it is. And I cannot and actually got re- announced today that Hulu will be premiering it on February nineteenth. So you will definitely see yeah, me watching that. Which is huge. I yeah, wish everyone I could see it. Should watch that film. This is and a- I will say the beauty of podcasting, you can create a time capsule. I'm calling it now. Nomadland will be the best picture winner at next year. Oh, I, I think it win. I think it'll I, I think it'll next, win as well. Sorry, next Academy, not next year. All right, let's place our bets. I hope the line isn't too much. Omar, no, but I, like Omar I don't, I'm, when the when the nominations come out, Nomadland's gonna be Omar, like, it's it's, it's a favorite right now. That and people are saying that and Mank are the top two and God damn! I God, will, I hope Mank doesn't win. I, I, I well, it, it depends. This is a topic when we come close to the Oscar time. If they want to keep the route of going with yeah, well, like, Best Film Parasite, or anyways, moving on. But uh, yeah, Nomadland, I do think will be talked about a lot more, and I'm happy it's going to be on a streaming service most people I, have. Who, I agree. So right, well, I wish this is a film I wish you could watch on a big screen. But in the meantime, dude, dude I almost. I almost feel as if it works very, I mean, not better, but it, it works extremely well on a small it does. screen. It, it, um, it, it, to it does. me. It, 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 I think it affects the person, but I think also, I think I would say a rewatch at, in a theater would also be unbelievable. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I enjoyed this film quite a bit as well. Um, it is it is somber as all hell to me. It's, it, it's very sweet, but it is, it is very somber. It explores the back half of our lives, right? Like, like, what do we do after we turn 50, right? After we've locked ourselves into a career path and, and done all that we can do. And, and how do you live the back half of your life? And, and how do we live our lives in a way that allows us to not miss out on everything happening around us, right? I feel like we get so laser focused in on what you're doing and taking one step to the next to succeed and to do everything you can to better your life. And and I feel like this, at least this is something that I struggle with all the time is how, how do you balance that with actually living your life and noticing everything around you, right? And noticing the dirt roads and noticing the hiking trails. And, and, and this movie does such a good job at, at just presenting it to us it doesn't tell us anything and it doesn't force us into any sort of mindset it's just there and you're just along for the ride and yeah you know i'm happy it's getting getting a wider release on on hulu in february i, I hope a lot of people see it i think a lot of people are going to love it mcdormand is one of the best actresses we have right now i mean just have have either of you seen the rider chloe's other movie? no, no so so the rider that's 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 chloe's 2017 directorial debut it was it has been towards the top of my watch list since it came out i had tickets to see it in a theater back in 2017 and i forget why but i missed my showing and i didn't get to see it and that was the last time it got it was its last day of its run in theaters was never able to see it i remember when it came out a lot of a lot of people whose whose thoughts i i I quite agree with on on films had it rated as their favorite movie of the year at the time when it came out and it was like you know middle of the year when i was trying to see it when it was in theaters and and i want to see that film very badly 
and I hear it's it's in the same vein as Nomadland, and and she has a way of of maneuvering a camera around a landscape and and just letting us experience what's going on without forcing our hand. And I don't know, I just think that's such a that's such a talent to have. I can't wait but, to see it. I mean, that's like my good. my biggest miss, so to speak, of the year. But I, I don't yeah. really consider it a miss because it's I not never a miss. Had the it's means. not your fault. But, well, and we'll, yeah. we'll we'll address like I think at the, before when. When we, before we reach a number one, we should address the films we weren't able to see. Oh yeah, for sure. Because we should have done that because but we could do later. Nice, nice, nice pick, Omid. Thank you. Omar, um, what do you got at number four, my friend? My number four, man. My number four is interesting because quite literally nobody is talking about this movie. And I guess I get it. It's not really a movie that like is going to be some big, you know, awards contender or anything. Um, the only place I saw this movie on a top ten end of year list was. Pedro Almodovar's tweet saying his top five movies of the year. And this was in there. Um, Swallow directed by Carlo Mirabella Davis. Oh, not the Jason Derulo song. Not Swallow La La. No. Uh, I mean, um, but awful. That was so, how long were you sitting on that joke? Oh, literally came came into my head right now. Yeah. Literally dead ass. Dead ass. I was like, I just read a tweet about Jason Derulo. That's why. All right. Omar, I'd like to hear about the film. Thanks for reading tweets during the show, Mead. Um, so, yeah, the look, I don't want to... This is one of those movies I don't really want to give too much away because I think the less you Please know, don't. the better. But I'll just say it's, it's a... You know, we talked about the assistant being quietly powerful. And to me, you know, it sounds like the experience that you had with the assistant is similar to my experience with this movie. It's not quite as quiet or as as monotonous, so to speak, but it says a lot without saying it overtly, which I always like, Um, you know, it kind of starts off in this way and you're, you know, you're looking at this main character who's this woman, she's a housewife to, she seems like she's kind of got it all. She's, she lives in, in a nice big house with a successful husband and all this stuff. And she's got all this stuff laid out, but you kind of start to peel back the layers and there's really a lot going on under the surface. And, Mm. um, you know, the the condition whatever you want to call it that this the movie tackles is a real thing about you know ingesting objects that are foreign objects that should not be in your body but it it's it's not this movie isn't some b movie horror like oh let's sure. make some really gross out you know well that's what i thought it was where yeah, that's what i know, thought it was at first glance out a needle or something like no like it's not like that oh, at all <laughs> it's like it's it's this really interesting it's honestly, I mean, if not for another movie we'll be, we'll be talking about a little bit later, it'd be probably my favorite just like character study of the year because it is like her character is so fully fleshed out and you mm-hmm. kind of learn so much about her. There's a scene, I think I would bar none say this is my favorite scene of the entire year uh, towards yeah. the end. It involves the confrontation with someone mm-hmm. um, from her past that is, I was my jaw was on the floor. It was like, just, it was a conversation. It was such a normal scene on the surface, but it was so powerful and, and so impactful to me that I was like, this movie like blew me away. And, you know, there's a concept that we talk, we, you and I and us have discussed a little bit, which is kind of this idea of, you know, you don't really know what's going on in someone's life. You know, you see people on the street, you walk by random people and you're like, you know, I will never know. I will never see that person again in my life. And I will never know a single thing about what is going on in their head. They might've just come from right. doing X, Y, and Z. 
And there's a really, really great moment of that in this movie uh, of just kind of like showing something and you're seeing all these people go by and then you see her and you know her story because you've, you've witnessed the entire movie and it's just, it's so goddamn powerful. I, I love this movie. I really wish more people mm-hmm. were talking about it. Um, Haley Bennett is awesome in this movie. She's one of, she gives one of the best performances of the year, in my opinion. And it's a movie that really grew with me and stuck with me as I, you know, kind of sat with it and thought about it a little bit more. So Swallow, it's on Showtime. Please check it out. Uh, one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, I'll definitely, uh, definitely have to get around to it. I tried to before the show wasn't able to squeeze it in, but you've, uh, you've sold me on it. So why don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us your number three movie of the year as well? Well, my number three was the movie I alluded to before my favorite character study, so to speak of the year, um, starring the wonderful, wonderful Riz Ahmed sound of metal Muslim. (laughs) Okay. Let's go. Uh, Um, talking about talking about ad libs now. So oh, just got it. We, <laughs> was that, was that Quavo hopped into Omid's room real quick and got Re- on the mic? representation, baby. But uh, oh, we'll so this on. was just to clarify, this is my three where or is this a is this a movie this, we're going to be talking about later? The, uh, yeah, this is a movie that that will appear a little later. Yeah. Wow. In our show. I, so. I cannot blame you for a second, my friend. Uh, so, OK, that's we'll good. Omid, why don't you uh, hit us with your number three? Yes, my number three. Um my number three is a film that I watched back in. It actually came out a while ago. It would premiered at TIFF 2019. And I think it came out in March or April. But it's a Brazilian film called Bacarau, uh, directed by Keebler, Mendoza, Filo, and Juliana Dornelis. That was as bad as John Travolta. And that was awesome. Okay. You guys want whatever. I don't want to hear Adele Talzim. Um, Omar, you just watched this film literally today so i don't i don't know what i'm gonna get at from you but by the way uh, just a quick correction it premiered at can not tiff okay well it was shown at tiff as well but sounds good um what a ride what a ride man what a ride please, yeah. please I, do not spoil i don't I, I want really to spoil i won't spoil an ounce of this movie yeah. i will just please say keep not, it nice and... do not look at a single thing about this movie please don't. I, Omar, all I'm kind i know of is what omid has already told me Okay, I don't think I've told you much, but we'll take we'll. T- Anyways, um, Omar, I'm kind of happy it took you so long because my review is, it's fine, but I kind of say something I really shouldn't have said, but I never took it away, and that's okay. But what a ride this is! Um, it's the best political messaging, like social commentary, to come out of a movie from this mm-hmm. year, in my opinion. Um, well, yes, because the. Another movie that does talk about politics is a documentary. So that's so it's a different different stance. But God, I was it literally is a mix of all different genres and it is so good at what it's trying to do. It's messaging, it's colonialism. I'm gonna stop talking about it because the more I talk about it, the more yeah, please I'll, I'll give it away. But you everyone needs to watch it and come it's I on, think it's on Criterion, is that right? On Criterion, Criterion, Criterion channel. Also on um, Yeah, Canopy, but just watch it on Criterion because Canopy does the weird quality thing. Does that happen for yeah. you guys? Yes. Where the no, quality just changes in the Here middle. There, once in a while. Yeah. Um, but with back it out, um, I really do it. They're they're pulling for this film to be uh, nominated for Best Picture, and 
Is well, it, I think they Brazilian? have to because is it Brazilian? It's Brazilian, yes. It's Brazilian. But I don't think I don't think it's eligible for foreign language. No, but it's they're trying to do for both. I don't think that's I. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see I just, what happens. I, Hopefully, they pull a parasite. I don't want to. Again, I don't want to say too much, but I just I don't think I think it'll be discounted for foreign language for reasons unknown yeah. to us. Please. But um, but hopefully, hopefully, please clap. But I, I did actually speak to a close Brazilian friend of mine, and she, she, she says it's one of the best Brazilian films she's ever seen. That's um, one of the things. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And and um, don't get. I think Brazilian cinema is actually moving up in my like cinema. Like Second Mother was maybe one of the top ten films I saw this year. I saw City of God this past year, which is super great. And back at Allen, so I'm definitely going to venture into Brazilian cinema more. But if I'm coming from an actual Brazilian who grew up actually near the setting of the story, she thought it was unbelievable. She we couldn't stop talking about it for like two hours. I'd love to hear that. Yes, yeah, so. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I read a bunch of accounts like from people from from Brazilian Brazilian reviews. Did you translate them? Because I did the same thing. I did. I translated yes. Brazilian reviews, and it was so interesting because just they, you know, me not no not being kind of. Uh, familiar necessarily with all of the the cultural nuance and the the socio-political you know issues it's so interesting to see that like wow this movie's even a lot more layered than i thought it was you know so exactly yeah and and being also my background ir this is so good but yeah so please go watch it i can't wait i will i will definitely get to it very soon yeah but yeah that is my uh to this sweet well let me uh, come at you guys with my number three movie of the year. This is a film which has already been mentioned. It was Omar's number five, if I'm remembering correctly. Let's go. Uh, this film is not what I had expected. Um, I, going into it, had not the highest of hopes. Um, and it not only exceeded them, I then ended up, I've seen this movie three times this year and it gets better with every rewatch. Let me tell you, the film is The Invisible Man by Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell. The Invisible, the, the Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss follows a woman who is pretty much being put through the ultimate gaslight of all time right um is is a good way to put it and something happens uh, in her life which makes her see things that that maybe not everyone else is seeing um this movie is so uh, just fucking strong i don't i uh, let's just start off by saying elizabeth moss gives my favorite. I don't know how to put it without because I don't want to say too much because Omid has not seen this film. You want to reach your hand through the screen and just just say, hey, I want this to be OK. I want you to right. stop like, like she is. She is just uh, being put through the ultimate. Just, just what, what what's the thing like seven circles ringer, of hell, dude, whatever. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah oh, dude, she's in Dante's. And, yeah, I mean, like she like, is being she oh does it's, a, it's just a trip dude it's yeah. a it's a two-hour trip of just fucking madness that this this woman is being put through and 
if this I truly believe, you know, and, and this is not to discredit Winnell at all. Um, he is he is more than capable as a director. Upgrade was a film that came out two years ago, a film that so I liked. Good. I Watch know Omar Upgrade. loved. Um, I liked it quite a bit, but the invisible man lives and dies on Elizabeth Moss's face. And yes. she carries this film, gives it such an energy, such a manic energy uh, that it's it's just it, the movie is so tense from start to finish. And that's that's what really struck me on a rewatch. And I'd love for you to rewatch it, Omar. It's is that the tension starts off right away and it does not let up. Does it has not. its that's foot on your throat for the whole film. What, what's up, Omid? Why haven't you, like... I don't know you've watched it three times. You haven't logged it in on Letterboxd. Uh, I think I've... Uh, because I saw it in parts with my dad. I didn't see the whole thing. So, you know, I don't watch partial... I don't log partial rewatches. But th- this movie is just... I saw... I became, like, really reacquainted with... So Elizabeth Moss is in The West Wing, uh, which is where, you know, I knew her from back in the day. She plays the president's daughter. Also right? Mad Men and The Handsman's Tale, too. Sure. So I've never seen. So I know she's huge in hand in Handmaid's Tale. I've never seen it, but her smell. Um, yes. I believe Alex Ross Perry's yep. film from last year. A movie and, title. Nas didn't happen to sit next to her at a screening or something. Right. I did not. I did not smell Elizabeth Moss. Um, a film which, similar to The Invisible Man, is fully on her back. Um, a film that that I liked not as much as The Invisible Man, but after be becoming reacquainted with her. Seeing her in The Invisible Man, I she is just unbelievably good at portraying these women who are experiencing life in a way that no one else is. And it's written all over her face. Th- there's a scene in a restaurant in this film. Oh, my God. Which uh, just... Oh, I've seen this scene, actually. That's terrifying. I'm so sad scene. that you've seen that scene, Omid, because... When I saw this movie in theaters, after a long day of work, I sat in the theaters and I watched this fucking movie, and that scene happens. And dude, the, the craziest I part had about more energy than I had had in days. The the craziest part about it is it's like one of like three moments in the movie that make dude, you right gasp. Like it's uh, not the. It's- I, I hate to be, you know, I never want to be that person in the theater. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, this is right. crazy. Like, 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 you know, <laughs> talking out loud or anything. But I audibly gasped multiple times in this movie, including this scene. And it's just yeah. like, it, it, and I know you're talking about Elizabeth Moss and, and totally, totally warranted. But do not overlook what Lee does with this movie. Like the no, the dude, flair no, that he brings, dude, the way that this movie's shot, it, it does so much with negative space. Mm-hmm. The, the, it it incorporates technology and kind of this sci-fi element in a way. In the same way that Upgrade did. It, it's, yes. it, it, he is, it's he, gritty. He is my favorite sci-fi director. And again, a, a genre that I don't really enjoy. But I will watch any movie that Lee Winnell puts out at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how can you not? No matter. It's just going to be so original. Even though The Invisible Man is not an original story at all. And I, I don't know about you, but I remember seeing the trailers for this movie months before it came out, and I thought it Never looked did. like the biggest piece of dog shit ever. Dude, like, I, my I, sister's I, looking I, at me now, no and she's nodding her head. Like, but then you you told me that I had to go see it. It, and, it and, just it looked so stupid, and it was like I was like, this looks like the dumbest shit ever. Like it like looks like just another Blumhouse like garbage. Yep. 
you know, yeah. cash grab Garbage horror, horror film movie like yep. that's gonna suck. Remake. And I and it was is so not that so wrong, so wrong. Yep. So um, the the Invisible Man, it's it's on HBO. It's awesome. Everything about this movie, there isn't. This is this is one of like maybe two movies all year in which I can't think of a single flaw. Uh, it, it, there's nothing in this movie where I'm like, eh, I wish that didn't happen. I wish this had been done differently. Um, I, I, I just fucking love it. So that's, that's the invisible man by Lee Winnell, my number three of 2020. Now I'll uh, follow that up with another film, which has already been mentioned. Uh, my, 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 my top's getting a lot of love, man. All, all of my top four appear on at least one other person's list. Uh, my number two movie not only appears on Omid's list at number five, I believe. Yes, sir. It appears on Omar's list as well at number three. Yep. And my number two movie of the year is Darius Martyr's Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal follows a hard rock drummer, a metal drummer, who loses his hearing and after losing his hearing has to learn how to live his, his life. And this, this movie, I mean, since it released on Amazon prime, I have heard nothing but rave reviews from it. Nothing like I, no one has disliked this movie. No, I, 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 please, if you disliked this movie, <laughs> tell me, find, find me and tell me. And I just need to know because so I can this, punch you in the goddamn mouth. So, yeah, so I can punch you in the fucking throat. But this, All right, geez, this I movie, don't condone violence. I'm not associated. This, with this movie yeah. is is so good because it's so contemplative. This movie makes you you live in in Ruben. Ruben is our is our is our main character, played by as as previously stated, the phenomenal Rizam. Pakistani I mean, I mean, Muslim. He, the phenomenal phrase and you just follow him in his life my, my, my favorite part of this movie and i'd love to get your guys thoughts in, in on this too because i know you both loved this almost as much as i did my personal favorite part about this movie is how addiction comes into play this is not a movie about addiction this is not a movie about falling into your vices or struggling with a relapse or anything of that nature. A control. This is a movie about a man who happens to be an addict. He lives with being an addict every day of his life. And we see how that plays out after this tragedy strikes, I guess you could call it after, after this thing happens and it weighs on you every day, even when you're not using. And there's a scene with this, this character who becomes pretty important towards the end of the film, um, played by, by Paul, is it Racy? I believe it's Racy, is yeah. how you say his name. This guy has pretty much never acted before. He, he, he has a few credits, I believe, but nothing serious. And he is... My supporting actor of the year, give this man all of the awards in the world. It, it, <laughs> it, 
my favorite supporting performance of the year, my favorite oh, performance on. in the movie. Okay, yes, it's there. No, dude, Bye. my I favorite performance in the movie, and I and, and that is not to take anything away from Riz, and that's also not to take anything away from Olivia Cook, who is phenomenal as yes. Riz's girlfriend. Interesting. Right? And, I actually, and she gets overlooked. Yeah, I, I believe. Didn't love her, I didn't love it. I thought she was great. I Interesting. Was, yeah, I thought she was great as Lou. But but Paul Racy plays this this you know addict as well who runs a house for addicts that Ruben um, finds his way in. And he brings this calming presence to the movie, this calm but no-nonsense presence. And, and there's a scene in which the two of them are having an exchange and Paul says, or Paul's character, Joe, says to Ruben, you sound like an addict right now. And Ruben is talking nothing of drugs at all. And that exchange, one of my favorite of the year, just pure dialogue scenes, is just so real in the way that it presents the life of an addict and how it's something that lives inside of you for the rest of your life, whether or not you're actively using and this this fucking movie man the the sound design i mean uh, everyone is fawning over it and it is so well deserved the the, the way i don't I mean, know man i mean just take just take the opening moments of the movie and again i'm going to keep this vague cuz i'm sure there's plenty of people that still haven't seen this but the opening moments of the movie the the just the way it just like it just punches you in the face it's just it is this, so powerful yep huge and then you have a moment that's equally, equally as powerful. That the is last scene? So, yes, that is so polar opposite. The juxtaposition of the opening and closing scenes. I just was sitting there as the credits rolled, and that movie just, like, it was... Uh, jaw on the floor. I don't know about you, but my, my jaw on the floor and astounded it was, with what I had just seen. It was so funny because there was a scene about 10 minutes before that I th- I, I, th- I th- that I said, damn, I wish the movie ended right there for a second Mm -hmm. and then more time went on and i was like i I got to the end of the movie and i slapped myself in the face i was like what are you talking about what what an incredible ending to to just like just such a intricate character study something that it's so it says so much without saying a lot at all like it it, it's there, there are these scenes of dialogue that you were talking about that just they hit with so much you know impact i i don't know i that movie really just yeah it's yeah. and a directorial debut yeah directorial debut, or, yeah. he had done he had he had he had made a documentary before I he's believe. done yeah he's done like one other thing but like and and but. like that's like, as you focus on addiction i think this is mm-hmm. also a film about being like i said earlier being in control yes um, yes you have you as in life you want to be in control of everything you want to make sure mm-hmm. you, you you can determine what's going to happen in front of you and this film is a case study of what happens when you can't and how you have to deal with it. What, when, and how that, that lack of control, that life, like life, you, you can't control life. It's going to come with any, any which way. And when you have also like a situation, like addiction involved, like how does that counterbalance with your lack, lack of control and lack of guidance and path. And like I said, I absolutely adored this film. It was such an immersive experience. Again, the film mm-hmm. I wish I got to see in the theater the most, and I know everyone who I've already seen it agrees with that. And Razamid, my boy, my uh, Muslim brother. Well, um, if, if you have not seen this performance film, of the year, but also I don't think he's going to win because it's well, well sure. he will win one once again. He, time he, caps. No, no, he will win. Chadwick Boseman. 
We haven't seen my rating. Uh, that's yeah. supporting. That's supporting. No, no he's gonna. Yeah. People are voting. Yes, that's supporting. I don't think so. All right, Mike. Okay. Mark well, my words. Drive please, home. Please, please. Right. Well, you'll uh, you'll hear that in our Oscars prediction podcast when the nominations come out. But if, if you're you trying have to not seen sound of, stacks and and yeah, make we'll, we'll so give you all the betting lines and yeah, we're gonna make you money. But if you have not seen Sound of Metal, it's on Amazon Prime. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you know someone with Amazon Prime. You have no excuse to not go watch this film. It is just, just, just a, a, a really beautiful film. And so, Sound of Metal is my number two movie of 2020. Okay, let me do my two because almost two is a little controversial. Um, well, do your number. Yeah, do your number don't, two. Don't call my movie controversial. I'm well, co- hey, in the, hey. within, the, within the group, it is. Well, Omi, let's hear your number two. My two is a is a is a crowd pleaser, everyone. No, actually, it is, but it's also my one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, it is uh, Minari by well, yeah, Lee it's your number two of the year. So. Yeah, my Lee Isaac Chung. Um, after I finished this movie, like I watched it with my family again. New York Film Festival, baby, Lincoln Center. Thank you, dude. So much. Film at Lincoln Center, just kicking ass this year. Um, <laughs> Not keep doing what you're doing out there, boys. Uh, <laughs> Like I said earlier, like this year was not a year of revolutionary filmmaking. It was a, it's a, it was more of a personal tale into stories that have been told before. Minari is not a unique story. There have been so many movies about the American dream. There have been so many movies about the immigrant experience. But Minari does it in such a way where I don't know, like uh, it, it prompted. I you I always love movies that like are like conversation starters. Like it prompted conversation within the whole entire family. Watched it as a as as a unit to unit no i'm just kidding as, as a as the a unit uh the whole family watched it together and it prompted a conversation that lasted into the that lasted into the morning and um it is such a again warm i hate using the word warm but it was such a warm film it's such a oh, it's definitely a, definitely a warm film I agree. The I can, definition like, is like the source cozy it's a cozy film exactly and my boy my boy i think he's my best supporting actor is um mr uh alan, alan kim, kim? oh my david. god yeah what a cutie well, dude, david just um, gold and he i think the whole ensemble like the whole cast is has great chemistry with one another it's like they it's like i thought they were actual family i didn't actually think that because i, I knew <laughs> because i know steven you but they 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 acted like they had lived with each other for years and um, it deals with like sibling relationships, uh, parental, mm-hmm. like romantic uh, parental relationships and the traumas that come there. And, and coming from an immigrant family, uh, you, you see a lot of struggles. Again, this is much different as the race in Arkansas in the 70s, but just the struggles about surviving and making sure we're doing everything right for our kids and mm-hmm. and who needs to make sacrifices and who doesn't. And like, how can we how can we deal with this effectively? And just a film that I know was brought up earlier. I think it, as Nuss talked about Tiger telling him why he liked it. I mm-hmm. think Minari does it in a way of, it focuses on the immigrant experience on more like specific points rather than, rather than what, in my opinion, I thought Tiger Tail did was give a laundry list of, uh, give a laundry list of like, Oh, like these are, these are the issues people deal with when they move to America. And, this is X, Y, and Z, and that's what I got out of Tiger sure. Tail. But in Minari, yep. I felt like it was more engaged, more in depth on a couple issues, mm-hmm. on a couple prospects or problems or highlights, and and it, and it incorporates like the American Southern life as well as like as well as the Korean experience as well. So, Minari, 
Maybe. Did, did you it, find the film to be funny? Did you find the film to be? I think funny? I thought it was heartwarming. Like I thought it, I didn't. I don't, okay. It was. It was humorous. Yes. I actually. Yes. I lie. Mountain Dew. Okay. Mountain Dew. How is that not funny? The Mountain Dew thing was okay. cute. But, I mean, I. Yeah, Omar, I'd love to. I mean, because I saw you shaking your head. No, I, I, I didn't think it was like funny. I mean, it was like one of those mm-hmm. things. It's like it was cute. I was smiling the whole time. It was like, I mean, you know, save for a couple scenes, but like. You know, it it just had, like I said, like this warm, fuzzy feeling to it is like, you know, it's I think it's difficult to make a. Oh, am saying as someone who's made so many movies, it's difficult to make a movie that feels so universal and like personal at the same time. You know, that's a movie that that experience can be applied to so many individual lives, but it also feels so damn authentic and just mm-hmm. so, you know so real just you know it's like it's it's the truth you know people come you know people have come to this country you know expecting things and then it's not what you it's not what you always think it's it's like that that notion is such a, a falsehood and so um yeah i think they capture that so well and i love steven yon and those scenes of him out there with that other like that that guy that he kind oh, of well he was yeah he was hilarious I, I I I hear you, man. I mean, like Minari is a film I'm I'm probably a little more down on than than definitely you guys and, and probably even most. Uh, that's not to say anything bad about the film. I, I I liked it. It's 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 a really sweet movie. I found it to be very funny. I thought it was full of humor. That was my favorite part of the film. Just 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 really full of life and and, and a vibrant film. Can't can't fault you for for falling in love with it. I mean, I totally uh I totally get it. I see it, man. It's a uh, it's a it's a great flick and and you know i hope more people get to see it it gets a wider release yeah agreed there right. we go omar let's uh, get into film, your so engaging in this conversation your number two my number two is <clears throat> a movie i don't feel comfortable recommending to just about anyone and yeah. what a horrific way to preface a movie that i'm about to tell you how much i love and it was my number one up until the literal last movie of the year that I saw on December 29th or whatever it was. This was my number one. Um, This movie made me do something I've never done before, which was I got up in the morning, had my morning routine, watched the movie. I went to get a coronavirus test because I had to get a test at the time. Came back, said, I'm watching this movie again today. (laughs) I watched it twice in one day. I was so both watches were such different experiences the movie i'm talking about is i'm thinking of ending things directed by charlie kaufman right i am not a charlie kaufman fan by any means i'm not charlie kaufman have you have you seen a lot of i've I've only seen his writing which in eternal which is a lot prolific right yeah eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is one of my favorite movies but in terms of his directing i had not seen a single movie of his i have not seen anomalisa i have not seen uh, I believe synecdoche. Yes, yeah, synecdoche. Correct. Um, so I didn't know what to expect when watching this movie, and it was interesting because of just how poorly I think I don't know, just the the nature of the marketing of this movie and it atrocious. Being, by the way, yeah, it being like the 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 first thing you see when you log in on Netflix, like when it first oh, yeah. came out, like, you know, what I, I'm a just, trip, dude. I'm just imagining like a family sitting around being like, That's Oh, I'm thinking exactly yep. number one movie on Netflix. has got to be a good one. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. It's a great it picture. Kids come on and sit around the campfire and watch, yeah. uh, um, watch look, Jesse Buckley. 
Jesse Buckley and, and Jesse Plemons. But look, this movie made me think more than any other movie this year. And it's the kind of thing, and I hate to say this because it sounds so damn pretentious and so, you know, like... It is pretentious. I, I hate when... Okay, you can let me... Yeah, I sorry. hate when okay. I hate when people are like, you know, you got to watch it twice or you got to, you know, people said that with Tenet. You're like, oh, you know, you got to watch it twice because you don't understand any right. of the fucking dialogue the first time. Right. Well, no, this was you got to watch it twice if you if you want to watch it twice, if you want to give it the respect and attention that I think it deserves, because it was an entirely different experience. I watched it the first time and I got to the end and I honestly, honest to God, had no fucking clue what I just saw it made really no sense to me. And I, sure. I had an idea I had, it was like, it was like I had a puzzle and I dumped the pieces all on the floor and they were all there, but I had no mm -hmm. idea how to assemble them. And I got to give a quick shout out to my boy. Your movie sucks. Great YouTube channel did a 25 minute, you know, explained video on this movie. And I mm -hmm. hate that. I awesome have to video. I hate that I have to rely on it. But it was, it was a great video. It was a great video. It's a, it's an awesome video because he just breaks down things from his interpretation and mm -hmm. everything that he said was kind of like what I had been thinking, but I was just too dumb to communicate or to put into words. But, you know, I've been talking about this movie a lot vaguely, but you know, it's about, if you're going to describe it, it's about a couple who go to visit the boyfriend's parents Mm -hmm. And it's this existential journey where really nothing is ever quite what it seems. But when you start to peel back the layers, you realize there are things objectively in the movie that take place in real life and things that are more left up into interpretation. Um, there is so much intricacy in this movie, so many subtle things from symbolism to reincorporation you know, characters that I couldn't quite figure out what their significance was the first time. And mm -hmm. then it made sense to me on the second watch. And, you know, it just, it's such a hard movie to talk about because one, you know, you kind of have to spoil. Well, you the need whole thing. spoilers. This is it. This is an impossible movie really to talk but about two, genuinely without spoilers. But two, it's a hard movie to, like I said, to recommend to anyone. I couldn't tell, you know, my brother, uh, I didn't even tell him to watch it, but he happened to tell me like, Oh, I was, I started, I'm thinking of anything. It's like, we stopped it like 40 minutes in. Like I, I had no idea mm -hmm. what was going on. It just seemed so pretentious. I don't and think I like I, it. And I was like, look, I don't blame you. I think a lot of people will say that and I totally get it, but it's the kind of movie that rewards repeat viewings. It rewards mm -hmm. you thinking and like, you know, not just watching passively. Uh, I, I could really go on and on about this movie, but I just, it, it, absolutely made me you know it, it elicited a response from me that really movies rarely do i i sure i'm i'm always in this mindset of like i want to watch new movies i want to watch new movies i, I it's made me stop re-watching some of my favorite movies because i'm fo so focused on filling in my gaps and i literally sat there and i was like yep i'm gonna spend another i'm watching this hour again. <laughs> 15 minutes in this world because i need to get a clearer sense of what is going on I, and that's the thing that we talked about is like you're either in it or you're not you know, uh, so. I, I, I hear you. So, you know, I'll, uh, so Omid hasn't seen this movie. I have, um, I watched it like the day after Omar watched it or the literally the day that you also watched it, Omar. Something um, like that. And so I, I I'm going to preface my thoughts with a few things. 
The first is I understand how difficult it is to make a movie, right? How hard it is to come up with an idea to write a movie. And so well, by no means when I when I when I yes, you know, it was a book. Dislike a, a film, yeah, it was it was adapted from a, a I believe it was an Irish novel. Um also called I'm Thinking of Anything's. And so, you know, you know, if I dislike a movie, I'm by no means trashing, you know the process by which the movie was made or, or anyone involved with the making of the movie. Number two is all movies, but this movie in specific, you know, specifically, I understand it, it's a very subjective experience. And so I'm not going to come out and say, obviously that your opinion is wrong or that you're crazy for liking this movie or anything of that sort. Um, and I'm happy that you had such a strong reaction to the film and, and enjoyed the film uh, much as you do. And then third, uh, I've never seen a Charlie Kaufman film before. I like Omar, love Eternal uh, Eternal Sunshine, but yeah, that out of the way, this is my least favorite movie that we have talked about on this podcast that we will talk about. It was probably my least favorite movie of the year. I thought this movie was fucking horrid. I, I this movie was so pretentiously bad. This movie was so boring the movie was so tedious the movie was so tedious it was a i think that's a sign from god nuss just cut out and i'm just gonna say there is no coincidence that when he started spewing out those garbage opinions his his wi-fi said we're gonna shut this guy up you know and i haven't seen this movie nor do i think i would like it so he i mean he literally was not having wi-fi problems all day until he started, you know, speaking literal horseshit. Back? Oh, here, hey. <laughs> yeah, speaking literal horseshit. This movie fucking sucked. I just um, said, like, it's no coincidence that your Wi-Fi literally just said, we're going to shut this guy up now because he's talking yeah. nonsense. Okay, well, what I will say is, when I finished this movie, I thought it was the most boring piece of neurotic, tedious garbage that I have seen in a long time. And then I told you that, Omar, you sent me over this YouTube video and I watched this video. It's a 25 minute long video that kind of pieces everything together. And watching the movie, I kind of understood what was going on. I wasn't like totally lost, but I really wasn't able to connect all of the dots. And the video was awesome. And the video really made me look at the movie in a completely different light, in a light that was profound in a light that seemed very interesting to me, something that that seems right up my alley. And I was just left sitting there wishing that that was my experience while watching the film. And so I do truly believe that if I rewatched this film, there is a great chance that my opinion changes for the better and a chance that I adore this movie. 100%, I totally think that's possible but I just have to judge the movie off of my one experience, which I've had with it, which was quite honestly awful. I mean, it was, it was, it was just, I don't think you can give credit to a movie that requires a second watch that requires someone to sit you down and to explain it. It's just not fair in my opinion to the viewer to, to I'm, I'm all for not holding the viewer's hand and just force feeding them all the information that they need. But th there's a certain point where it just makes your movie pretentious. And, and I thought I'm thinking of ending things. Jumped that line, long jumped over that line, ski jumped over that line, flew over that line um, personally. And it, it, it is a movie that I just really, really did not enjoy uh, while I was watching the film. 
and it's a shame because Here's- I've heard a lot of people whose opinions that I that I you know commonly align with or or just respect who adore this movie uh, just as much as you do, and so I I, I get it, man. But I I, I, I think. Just- I think the important thing is like, and again, it's really sucks. I think that we can't get into this more like just in depth about the actual plot and and whatnot. But I think there is just a very simple thing that if you understand, if you know what's going on Mm -hmm. on this level, the first time you watch it, which again, as you said, is not easy to do because it's an extremely, you know, difficult movie to place. And it's, it's, you know, got all these, themes going you know like it's, it's just all over the yep. place very scatterbrained but if you have this understanding of what is literally going on it right. helps with the understanding of the oh, movie so much right. that i mm-hmm. i don't blame you at all and i understand it's like again it's such a weird experience that i have because i just i can't tell anyone hey go out and watch this movie because i think right. they'll fucking hate it uh, right. And it makes me sound pretentious, you know, because I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to gatekeep a movie or say it's like, oh, yeah. I, I was smart enough to understand. No, I fucking wasn't. I went to YouTube immediately right. and watched right. a video from a channel I've been following for years, you know, that explained everything to my dumbass. But then I watched it again, kind of like with that in mind, and it just totally blew my perception of the movie out of the water. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I hear you. And, you know, just because I dislike the movie doesn't say anything about the movie says more about me but it's just uh you know i feel like we don't that doesn't happen to us very often but this is one where man uh there's our, a our few, opinion you know, split here yeah there's yeah, a few, but, there's, there was climax there was the revenant okay, well it's just yeah. like you just keep naming bad movies and okay. it's pretty funny but funny. um yeah, isn't that crazy he's a psycho but uh you know that's 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 i'm thinking of ending things which were my thoughts while watching the film but Haha, uh, get it? Because it actually is about someone that is about to commit suicide in the movie. Okay. Spoiler alert. Nice job, Omar. It's that doesn't give anything away. No, it doesn't. Um, but so that's Omar's number two. Right? Uh let's hope your number one is a little better. Oh, you're so funny. You're so funny. <laughs> this is the guy with ten Why don't you, uh... of Chicago's fucking seven on his list. Hey, 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 hey. All right, my number one. Yeah, why don't you uh why don't you All redeem right. yourself here? My number one just absolutely destroyed me. I haven't <laughs> cried this hard in a movie in forever. I haven't laughed this hard in a movie in forever. My number one is the wholly unique, prolific documentary, Dick Johnson is Dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, I cannot remember the last time I just wanted to give someone a hug as much as I did the titular character, Dick Johnson. He is the most sweet, endearing, well-meaning, heartwarming person you'll ever see in a movie. And he's real, you know, and he's by the Mm -hmm. way, still alive, which is funny, but thank God. What a, what a way to, you know, immortalize someone in your life. This was directed by his daughter, Kirsten Johnson, who just does a phenomenal job with this movie and what a way to immortalize someone that, you know, you could never really quite put into words, just how much someone, your father means to you and they have such a good relationship. And there's Mm -hmm. so many conversations in this movie where they're just talking about her mother, who's now deceased or about him. And as he's kind of starting to slowly lose his grip on reality. And, you know, I guess I should have said the, the, the whole premise of the, of the film is, you know, Kirsten wanted to kind of document her father and 
and kind of like as a way of coming to terms with his age and his dementia, which is getting worse. And, she, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a way of kind of like having him live on forever in this movie. So good. And it approaches it also in such a way that, you know, when you describe it like that, you think like, oh God, you know, this movie. And I said, I start off by saying how much I cried. Like it's, it. you think it's going to be some super like, sappy you know just 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 dour somber movie that just you know kicks you into the fucking dirt it doesn't do that at all it's a dark it's the opposite it's a dark comedy that Uh that fictionalizes like ways that he dies by like having a piano fall on him and shit like it's like hilarious it approaches it with this this humor that is so dark and so effective it's hilarious Mm -hmm. it has you laughing your ass off in one scene it has you bawling your eyes out in the next you know, I, I was, you know, just completely destroyed by this movie. It, yep. it made me think about things that I never want to think about in my own life. And I just, my experience was, yeah, it was the best Dude, movie experience that I had of the year. I, I, and I, and I could not blame you at all. This movie is just so deeply powerful. I mean, like, Kirsten makes a, a film that is so personal. It, she puts so much into this film. There, the, at a point, she is doing a voiceover in her closet, and then just starts crying. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it is so good. It's like it forces you to confront the mortality of your parents. I mean, how is that? How can you get more just grim? Holy <laughs> fuck! Yeah, dude, it's so grim. The thought of this, but but she frames it in this way that is uplifting. It's a celebration in in, in a sense, and and I don't know. I can only imagine how cathartic it was to make this film, right? Like, to, what a release! And like you said, like her 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 mother who passed away, and and at one point she is sitting there contemplating how she doesn't have many physical memories of her mother. You know, she doesn't have a lot of videos of her mother or pictures of her mother. And and that's what kind of spurred her to want to do this so that she'll always have this for her dad. And it's just hits you everywhere. And it is beautifully made. I mean, it, it, it's a great, it's a perfectly crafted film. I mean, she is very talented as a documentarian, clearly. Um, uh, cannot agree with you more and recommend this this documentary more it, it is it is truly i mean one one of the better documentaries i've seen in, in quite a long time and i'm shocked because i'm not normally the documentary guy i'm like i'm like a yeah, fiction yeah. guy you know i like documentaries but i never really go out of my way to watch them this was a really good year for documentaries you know there's quite a there's quite a lot that you know is going to be relevant and we we're going to be hearing about i mean i have two of them in my list you know, they bookended mm-hmm. my list, but yeah, man, I mean, this movie just, you know, it's just the, the, the way it like, it has just all these, it's seething with these themes of, of regret and aging and death and all this stuff, these themes that sound so goddamn morbid, but somehow I had a smile on my face the entire time while and, crying, a smile on your crying, face. While yes. crying. Right. And, and, and the, one of the funniest moments in a movie all year is when his lifelong friend is playing those bagpipes at his, you know, supposed funeral, even though they don't know he's actually not dead. And this dude's just wailing on the thing, just going at it. And everyone's like, 
how am I supposed to what, what the What the he fuck was, like, is going on? He like, his eyes out while playing the bagpipes. Well, and dude, and that's the thing. It's like, this guy's playing this instrument, and it sounds so horrific. And it's like, everyone's like, <laughs> what's going on? And then a minute later in this scene, guy's bawling his eyes out at a fake funeral for his best friend while the guy watches through a, a crack in the door. It is it is so funny and heartbreaking at the same time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, any, any, anything to, to add? Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, it's an honor of mention of mine. Um, it's, it's very creative. I, you, there's not a film like this that exists. Oh, yeah. Um, those are the closest thing you have. Uh, not, yeah, I don't know. Like, in, um, close. I saw a review where it compares close up to this. Like, it's an attempt, not attempt, but like a very similar type of story uh, by Avers Kurosami. And it's a very wholesome doc, as you guys have both said. And at the end of the day, like, I don't think my criticisms at the end of the day are like are, they're relevant at the end of the day because it's a personal mm-hmm. project. She doesn't fucking care what you think of it. She doesn't like this is a film for her. It's not a film for her and her family. It's not a film for, uh, it's a film for everyone, but at the end of the day, it's, she made this for herself. And, um, Very true. and how can and, Thor- and something, <laughs> right. That's what I'm some, saying to you. Like. And something about Dick Johnson and also with other documentaries that came out this year, the third act just fucking kill you. Uh, time, which I don't think any of us have mentioned, but I think it's yeah. not a mention of all of ours. I'm not, I don't know if you've seen it, but Omar, I, know, I, know I have not talked about I'm not it. Caught um, up with it. A, it's great it, it's yeah. great but it but the third act gets you like all the all these stocks that third the third act just you might you're interested you're not really engaged but then once you hit the final act you're like whoa well speak for yourself man i was locked and loaded for all 90 minutes of yeah that. on your on, on your amtrak train i mean just <laughs> on my just, amtrak tra- dude i had people such a great that. vision Oh my just God. imagine this, guys. Omar's just bawling his eyes out on a train watching this documentary. And then laughing so and laughing maniacally. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't get better. But that's a that's a great pick, Omar. I mean. Thank you. And then I guess uh, you know, piggybacking off of the documentary train, Omid, why don't you uh tell yeah. us what your favorite movie of 2020 was? Um, it sounded kind of interesting like when I watched it. I watched it in the middle of our challenge and I well, I didn't plan like I was already seeing 30 films in one month so I was like I, I don't I don't think I'll have time to watch an additional movie or not um like to watch like action movies if I had the time but I ended up doing so and I actually watched Boy State on a very like I ended up I got my I got a, I got a job offer the day I watched Boy State I was like you know what, let me celebrate we're watching Boy State because this was my most anticipated film of the year um I'm a big documentary guy it's directed by Jesse Moss and Amanda McBlain um and yeah again i I, i'm happy it lived up to my expectations it's the most Mm -hmm. engaged i've been with the film like i legit tell you not like i like i was screaming cheering gasping throughout this whole movie just because i was so invested in these characters such a compelling movie oh i agree and um and the last film again to make me have such overreactions was Parasite and that was my number one last year and mm-hmm. they got and Justin and Amanda got very lucky the whole boy state crew got very lucky they found the most perfect participants for this um for this documentary they three of them they 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 uh tailored before they even went to like they interviewed hundreds of people who are going to be in the 2018 boy state in Texas and boy state at the end of the day is a is like a congressional convention of sorts of where 
17-year-old uh, boys come to convene in the, in the capital of their state and they vote on legislation as well as voting for elected officials with the governor being the highest elected official. And this and the film follows the race for of becoming governor of Texas Boys State 2018. And the, the, the people they find are all monument like are in all influential mm-hmm. in that race. And um you have Renee, you have uh Steven, um, you have Robert, come on, don't do my boy Robert, like that. and then you have don't do uh, my boy like that. Who's our third man? What? That we don't uh fuck, what's his name? Anyways, oh, dude, come on. Uh, you're not even going to say his name. It's Ben. Um, ben. They're, they're all captivating people. And what I wrote in my review, it's like my favorite reality TV show is Big Brother. And this is Big Brother with more teenage acne and, uh, uh, and politics. And, but then they, and it focused on like, it, it's a marvel that they were able to get what they wanted. Like they didn't have to mm-hmm. pick and choose. Oh, like this, this kid's going to run for governor. We got to, we got to get him. It was given to them. And they didn't. They didn't do much engagement. It's not any, nothing much is direct. It's a fly in the wall doc at its best. And and the confessionals that the one part where they we actually engage with the with the uh, with the kids or is when they do confessionals. And I think it just adds another piece to it. And yeah, I couldn't. I cannot recommend Boyce it enough to anyone. It's a microcosm of American politics. Some might disagree with that statement, but I think literally politics in a nutshell is boy state and so that is my yeah, number I, one I, I agree man i mean i you know i didn't love boy state quite as much as you did but it's definitely a film that i enjoyed um the observational filmmaking on display is top notch i mean it's 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 a miracle that they got everything that they did by just watching people right like they they didn't interfere at all with what was going on and got such a compelling feature out of it just uh it's 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 good I had, you know, some problems with with some of the choices on what, who, you know, where they spent a lot of their time um, and the story that they chose to tell. But it's still it's a great documentary, man. And especially like you said, if you're if you really like politics, I mean, you you really can't do much better than Boy State. Yeah, I've not seen it yet, but I will. It's on Apple TV. It's on Apple TV. I need an Apple TV login from someone. Well, we'll get you an Apple TV login. (laughs) <laughs> right apple you want to sponsor us yeah uh, please. get us free apple tv um but all right, all right so boy. let's hear it i will uh finish this off here with my number one movie of 2020 uh this movie appeared also on omar's list i believe at eight if i'm remembering correctly correct this is right yeah i mean this is another film kind of like one of my earlier films, my number five film, The Assistant, in which we follow a girl around and we stay pretty much locked in on her face and on her movements and on her actions. And we are just here as witnesses following her story. And so my number one movie of the year was Eliza Hitman's Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. This movie absolutely wrecked me. Just, I was floored by the end of this movie. I sat watching the credits, eyes wide open, could not even think about anything for minutes. 
Sydney Flanagan is our lead actress. She plays a woman from rural Pennsylvania who gets knocked up. She's a teenager. She doesn't know what to do about it. So her and a friend hop cousin. on a bus. Cousin. Cousin. It's a cousin. You're yes, right. cousin. Her, her and a cousin hop on a bus and head to New York City. And it's such a simple premise. Thing. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's implied. And I don't, I don't want to give uh, a whole lot away, but it, it's a, such a simple premise. And so much happens and does not happen in this movie. Flanagan plays a girl. Her name is Autumn. And the way that Flanagan plays her, it is so understated and nuanced. It is the perfect representation of a 17-year-old. Her voice, her facial expressions, she's very stoic. Most of the time, you don't really see anything going on. She doesn't talk to her parents very much. She comes across as just like your clear, basic, angsty teenage girl. But you start to see little snippets of her personality. You start to see why she feels the way she does, the way she acts, the way she does. And Flanagan does this with such nuance, right? There's this heavy weight that is on Autumn's shoulders the whole movie. And the way that Hitman uses her camera to follow Flanagan around puts that weight right on your shoulders too as, a, as an audience member. It, it, it is so special. And I can't talk about this movie without talking about one scene. It is my scene of the year. It is top 10 scene of all time, maybe for me. This scene is so emotional. It is so powerful. And it is the scene in which the movie gets its title from. And it involves, once again, just a long close-up shot of Sidney Flanagan's face. And it does not move. And Flanagan is answering questions that a nurse is asking her. And as she starts to answer these questions, the facade comes down, right? The wall starts to come down. And it is written all over her face. It is such an emotional piece of acting. It's an emotional scene. It's... it's the crux of the movie in a movie in which there isn't really a whole lot of action, right? There's not a whole lot going on here, right? Like they meet a boy and they go around the city with this boy for a little bit. And there are some great moments between her and her cousin and the boy, but there's nothing crazy that happens in this movie. That to me but, is the moment of the movie. If you know what I'm talking right. about, if you've seen it, you right. know what I'm talking about, but the little inner, the little exchange between her and her cousin, while she's with. involving the boy. Yeah. It's just involving so the boy. It, it, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a scene in, 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 in which again, the camera, it just slowly moves, right. The way that, that Hitman directs the camera to what we need to see. And it, there's just a moment of, 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 you know, physical touch basically that speaks volumes it, I mean, it's just, wow. I mean, it, it, Hitman's 
two, this is her third uh, feature, you know, uh, first with It Felt Like Love and then Beach Rats, uh, two films which I don't love a whole lot, uh, especially It Felt Like Love, a movie I really don't like a whole lot. And then Beach Rats is a, is, is a movie that I found to be just fine. But in both of those movies, we're again following one person and training the camera on them and just living with them in their lives. And, and to me, never rarely, sometimes always is the best version of those two earlier films from Hitman. It takes everything that's good about them and puts it all together. So, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, just, I know Omid, you've seen, you've seen Beach Rats. Rats as well. Yeah. I yeah. saw Beach Rats about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I randomly came up on my Hulu uh, feed and I was like, you know what, let me watch this. And I really liked it. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I got from her filmmaking was that it's a very, it's very subtle. It's very, very subtle. Yes. Lit in. And I think, mm-hmm. be, and I kind of expected more, like I just thought so like, I didn't realize this till after I spoke with another friend and, and then I brought it up about how like at the times, a lot of the messages are like a lot of the themes are kind of over like, they're again they're on a trip and so she, she has luggage with her and she's carrying it around and that's and, and then I, like i expected less of that like oh she's carrying her baggage around and more i, I expected more mm-hmm. like more more subtle story storylines or more subtle messaging throughout and yeah. i like i thought I it was a great you. film and i thought the performances are great i just I, I it's minimalism at its finest but i don't know i just knowing her that it is pre- knowing I, her previous work um I think I was expecting something else and it was like, and I enjoyed what I watched, but I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more. I just disagree with that entirely that especially the, the, the suitcase thing. Cause oh, like, well, awesome. it's not, it's not like it's some like, I don't know. You're talking about it. Like it's some super in your face metaphor for her baggage. Like I'd never even like until you literally just said that I had never thought of that. And I feel like it's mm-hmm. not like the movie makes a big deal about it. Like she's literally, she uproots and she goes up to New York with her cousin and she brings all her shit with her. Like it's, you know, I, I don't. Right, well, they're, they're, they're 17 year olds that have never been to New York city clearly. Right. And so they yeah. have no idea what they need to pack. They have no idea what is ahead of them as it she tries to get this abortion. Me. It never struck me and, as like, it was trying to be some like metaphor for, but like, I, I think it makes sense and it works like it as a metaphor, but I, it didn't feel to me like it was like the movie was bringing a lot of attention to that. Yeah. Um, I just, I just think it's such a subtle film, man. I mean, it, it, everything about it is subtle in the best way possible. The little glances, the little touches and, and the quietness of Flanagan's autumn it's just you know what one of the most impactful scenes for me is is like everything involving mm. their life in the supermarket that whole yes. creepy creepy situation the with creepy the boss right supervisor their boss whatever you know just such a weird little detail that just kind of sticks with you and you're like you know how ironic is it that we're you know three dudes and we're sitting here talking about you know like Oh, like what it you know what it's like to be a woman in society and all this stuff. But right. it's like this movie, along with other movies, I think you know we talked about Swallow, we talked about The Assistant, but this was a great year for kind of just just showing kind of like the female-led stories yes, of being dude. a woman in this world and like oh. and not in some overt way. Like to, to me, Invisible Man is like the extreme, like the extreme overt right of like overt, dudes are bad, yeah. right? But the, like those movies that we've been talking about, and I would say in particular this one is kind of like just showing these like 
you know, even just something like this guy that they hang, they end up, you know, he ends up latching onto them and they spend a lot of time with on this like trip of theirs or, you know, whatever. He's never like overtly, overtly like evil or anything. He's like trying to be no, this nice guy, but, but, but he's not so, a good guy. But he's not exactly. He, but it's it, there's some there's such a creep. It's factor grimy. He's, he's like I, yeah, like it. Every it guy, show just these kind of interactions are so are so right. deeply uncomfortable, and they happen to women all mm-hmm. the time, all the, all time. the time. We don't know I mean, them. Every every guy in this film, and there's not many of them. I mean, there's not many people in this film, but we come across a few guys. We we come across Autumn's stepdad at the start of the film. We come across her boss at a supermarket who was also a man. And then we come across this guy that this other teenage boy that they meet on the bus on their way to New York City. And all three of these guys fucking suck, man. I mean, like in their own different ways and some to a more severe um, effect than the others. Uh, but they all just there are no good guys in this movie and and but it doesn't it feel- doesn't dwell on it and it doesn't feel like she's shoving it down your throat oh, and it's also just, they're just there on that and sense, they like, suck we don't also know who she ended up, who's like who's the dad we don't know we oh, yeah you know nothing never the right. mystery behind it is, it. is, is I, like my dad made a like my dad assumed maybe this is a i don't know if i agree with this sort of say but he thought it was the stepfather well, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, I don't want to get into into yeah, spoiler but, yeah. talk here, but there's there's some some implied um, abuse going on in Autumn's yeah. house, and and it's just every guy in this movie just sucks, and it shows why Autumn is so locked in her own brain, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know, this film was just it, it it was so affecting on me, it was so powerful, I just i i fucking adore this movie i saw it back in october um and i knew when i watched it that i, I didn't think anything was going to beat it out for my number one of the year and, and and i was right um and i'm happy that you know I, both of you enjoyed it i know i mean i'm happy to see omar on your list and you know it's uh i'm just if you have not seen this movie it's on hbo do yourself a favor and sit down for an hour and 40 minutes and just uh, just experience Autumn's life for, for a little bit. And with that, let's try to quickly hash this out. Um, we're going to try to put together a quick collective list between the three of us. Yeah, um, we do, so a, we do, we do like a little top 10 here. Before we do that, um, let's talk about the films we haven't been able to see quickly. Sure, yeah, real quick. Um, rattle off names. We uh a lot of uh, we I've one of us both of we've seen one part of Small Axe by Steve McQueen which is Lovers Rock but Mangrove has yep. been getting a lot of acclaim which we haven't seen yet, um True. City Hall David Bryan's American Utopia um mm-hmm. the Five Bloods a Shit House uh, the Truffle Shit Hunters House dude I was yep uh One Night in Miami uh mm-hmm. Red Red and Blue uh Driveways. Just to name a few, his house. There's a couple. Cajillionaire. Cajillionaire. I, saw, I saw his house. Oh, you did? Well, Cajillionaire, yeah. Possessor. Bloody um, Nose, Empty oh, Pockets. Oh, Possessor, dude. Possessor, I, I need to is watch that. The Cronen- that. Is that the Cronenberg? Yeah. Yes. His son, Brandon Cronenberg. Um, yeah. Um, if you guys, I, uh, Blow the Man. I know Nuts you saw that, so never mind. I saw Blow the Man Down, and yeah. I highly suggest everyone else see it. Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets. On my list for a while. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. There's a, there's a, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Ma Rainey's. Yes. 
Oh, and there's, there's, there's I, I don't know why thing. this is on my list because I really don't think I'll like this movie because I fucking despise Meek's Cutoff, but I have not seen First Cow oh, yet. First Cow, yeah. And it's awful and don't watch it. But that's for a, that's for a future podcast, or I hope not, because I will talk myself to sleep. The, oh, the father. The father is up there. The father, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wolfwalkers. But, uh, a yep. lot of a lot of a lot of movies, a lot of great movies this year. It really was uh, a, a good year for for film, um, even though it might not have felt like it. And it's it, and it's a very unorthodox year for film, most definitely. But if you were looking for them, um, there were definitely quite a lot of gems out there. But uh, so let's let's like get, Omar said, let's uh yeah, let's, let's get down and knock dirty. out a top ten here. So I'm said, looking uh, at this right now. I think eight. Sound of Metal should be our one. number. One, yes. Number one, it's number one, and it really—I don't even think we should talk about it anymore. Yeah. Sound of Metal appeared on all three of our lists. The highest it was in of them. two of our top fives. Uh, yep. I easy. I'm looking at, and, this I, and I also think number two is pretty obvious. Soul. As well. You think it should be Soul? I think it should be Soul. I—I I, I don't see a Soul is the other movie that was on all three of our lists. Yep. It was in six spot, seven spot, five spot, or four spot. Sorry. Okay. Now looking at like yeah. now, let's look at the ones that are appear on two of our lists. I think in terms right. of rankings, I think the precedent. Well, it, it was probably Invisible Man. I was going to say it's between Omid has not Man seen and, Invisible Man. Yeah, but that's fine. I, you know, these got to be like they have to be a conglomeration. I hear you, but I would, I would. Well, why probably, would we do? Why? Why would we do films that we've all seen? Right. Well, I would put never rarely above that because all three of us have seen it. Yeah, but I, I that, that's fine. I like in this particular instance, but I think as a general rule of thumb for this, I think we should try to be like putting placement. So like Trial of Chicago 7, even though I hated it, like you guys had it. What? Where was it on your list? It was Omid's number eight and mine number six. OK, Invisible Man was my five and your and my three. three. So I think it should never be rarely invisible. was my one and your eight. So I think it should be, if you ask me, I think it should be Invisible Man and then uh, Never Rarely, Chicago. Well, Dick Johnson really should be the next one because it's my one. Right, but it's um, my 10. And but never I think rarely. it should be oh, higher so than Chicago. I'm saying it should be higher than Chicago. Uh, so it would go Sound of Metal 1, Soul 2. I still, I still think that we should put Never Rarely above Invisible because Omid hasn't seen Invisible. He has seen Never Rarely, and it's not like he didn't enjoy it. It's an honorable mention. It's like 11. Sure, right. okay. it's, it's, literally right, it's literally the first one out. It's right. right. So Same I think phrase. that's pretty... Okay. And I think Invisible Man should be there. four. But then Invisible Man at the four spot, I think, makes a whole lot of sense. And then if I watch it, I don't like it. We can bump it down. Uh, sure. No, and, that's But not. then I would still... I would still I mean, it's a flip between Chicago and Dick here, right? It should be Dick. It's my number one. I'm gonna fight. I would, I would give the edge to Dick because I think Omid liked Dick more than you like Chicago. Yeah, it also makes sense because it's my one and your ten, so I'll just throw it in at five. And Omid liked it, and I fucking hated Chicago. I didn't hate Chicago seven, but I did not like it. So I'm asking kindly for this to be Dick Johnson. Yeah, that's fine. Sure, uh, we'll, we'll we'll give you the win. Okay, on that one. And now, um, stupid Chicago seven, right? Yeah, I mean it. Sh- it goes there because we have it on two lists. So I, I agree. Um, uh, I is have that all of the times twos. Yes, that's all the times twos. So now we're in the solos. I would say the ones that stand I'm out of to me. Is my two. What? Sure, but I don't think I think this should now be generally yeah. what's on people's sure. mentions. Yes, I would sure. say Minari right. should go seven. Um, sure. So Where Minari's is Minari on our list. Minari's two for it's, me. It's. It's it's his two and it's your honorable mention. I believe that's the only 
Oh, so that and St. Francis. Francis are the only movies that were on one list and an honorable mention on another list. So I would probably agree that it goes Minari back, and no, St. Back Francis it out here. Back it out too. Back it out was an honorable mention for me, yeah. But it was I would also argue that both Nomadland and The Assistant should be on this list. Well, there's only so many spaces on. Yeah, well, so we got to figure right. Well, because... we have we have four more. Four four spots, correct. Back it out Minari Assistant and, and Nomadland. I mean, Nomadland is even on Nuss's list, right? No, so why it wasn't it, even an honorable mention. Why would a movie that yeah, I haven't seen it? and not on his list be on yep. this list? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a fair point. I'm just looking at I'm just like it. You just said it. No, but Nuss was like, we should include Minari. Uh, yeah, well, list. I was just I was just looking oh, at it. Oh, Maybe, see, honestly, over Nomadland, perhaps. Mm, I don't know, though. I mean, uh, okay, I, I think Nomadland before. Like, I like Nomadland. Yeah, I would agree that. I don't mind Minari being next. But then I do think that it should be the assistant after that. I didn't. I didn't. Love, I give it a three. Like, I, I don't know why. Yeah. When Omar Omar needs to give it a rewatch and he'll enjoy it. So I don't know if why we bring that up. If we, I I would actually make an argument for. I mean, we talked. We all talked pretty highly about Bad Education, did we not? Yeah. It was my number. I guess it was my number six, but it's we all liked it. Like, is there another movie that we all liked as much as we all liked Bad Education? As we all like well, the rest of the film, yes. only two of us have seen or one. I, exactly. I mean, everyone has seen Palm you, Springs, but you guys didn't love Palm Springs. Yeah, like, but I wasn't think, that the argument you guys were making that we should do? We should try to prioritize. All right. we've all easy, very, very simple, very easy. Here we put ten in at eight. We put I'm thinking of ending <laughs> things at nine, and then we put unhinged at ten, and we call it a podcast. I love that. I mean, it's um, just it's just it's math. I mean, that's simple math. Eight, I would put eight as. Uh, what was it? I would say put edu- bad education at eight because you haven't uh-huh. you all have seen it. I would say. Now, so are you okay with that? I think that's good. Nine and ten. Uh, yeah, be, I mean, I'm not going to push back. I just think there's like a ton nine of better and ten movies should on this be, list, but... I'd, I'd say nine and ten easy. There's St. Francis and or back it out. I agree. St. Francis should be on it. And I think it's a toss up between another, not another round. Uh, the assistant. Dude, I think it should be. I think it should be St. Francis. Some combination of St. Francis, The Assistant, and Nomadland. Is there any I, other movie I that don't got see two why Nomadland. four stars? Why, 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 is there, Nomadland? why Nomadland? Is there, other, is there any other movie on this list that got two four stars from us? Well, Back It Out has, I gave it a yeah, four. Yeah, Back It Out, I haven't reviewed it yet, but it will be getting a four stars. I gave it a four. And okay, a so so then so then this should be either Back or Nomadland, because those are the only two well, movies left that got. Give, you, didn't give, you didn't even give Back It Out. I gave Nomadland four stars. But you didn't say an honorable mention. Yeah, no, it's not an honorable, honorable mention, mention because I only did two honorable mentions. It was on the list for most of the year. It's one of like maybe two or three four stars from this year that didn't make the well, list. Well, then just then do then do Baccarat because if if because we, that's an honorable mention and a top. I say we pick. flip a coin for Baccarat or uh, Nomadland. Guys, these are two of my favorite films of the year. So I don't give care. it a flip. Anyone got a coin? No. I got one. I got one. All right, call it in the air. Yeah, let me it. call it my films all right you ready well i have a question oh oh my god why isn't oh saint francis god. nine and back it out eight why isn't what bad education is eight no i'm yeah. back it out i mean nine why don't we put saint francis that well it because it's a toss-up because it's two it's well i yeah. guess you can make the you guys get both gave saint francis a four yeah. i know me gave back around a four and a half i gave it a four so it actually yeah it could be 
just back around St. Francis to round it out. Yeah, I think that works. Sure. Okay. Listen, I like no, Nomadland Land too, no but Omar hasn't seen necessary. it. And I know when he sees it, we'll move it up. This is, I mean, this is as yeah, of the I, end of like the year. I haven't, I haven't seen Baccarat, and I like, I and like I Bad Education, but I didn't like it. What do you mean you didn't like I meant it? Love it? I meant love it. I meant I didn't love it. I misspoke. Yeah, but dude, Chicago Seven is number six, and I hated that movie. Like you know, what right? I mean? I mean, I don't think Chicago Seven should be six. Really? I think we just we just put it there because it was on two lists, and I think but you I have think, to put but, it there. But I think that's kind of where you have to put it. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think you have to put it there, but like I don't think it should be because of how much you disliked it but sure but i i'm willing to compromise there that's so tough as, as am i didn't even met, didn't make it no well, what because my number only one, one person didn't saw make it, it and it was dude neither was did my number two a fine movie um i have my number one my number two my number three my number four <laughs> so well, i, I think two. we all so, know who has the best taste out, in movies here I have two, i'm gonna three, give six. i'm gonna you know just unhinged 11 collective number 11 yeah Honorable mention on Hinge. I'll I'll read out the collective list of the drive home. That's Omid Ansari, Omar Tarbush, and Matthew Nussbaum. Uh, Our top 10 is as follows. Top 10 movies of 2020. Number 10, St. Francis. Number 9, Baccarat. Number 8, Bad Bad Education. Number 7, Minari. Number 6, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Number 5, Dick Johnson is Dead. Number four, The Invisible Man. Number three, Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Number two, Soul. And the consensus number one of the Drive Home Boys is Sound of Metal. Give Give Ooh. Darius Martyr a call. Let's get him a medal and a. Let's get him on the show. Let's, let's get him, him on show number let's, two. Let's <laughs> shower this man with with everything he wants and more. Uh, just just magnificent he, and he will and, not be in talks for it but he should be in talks for best director but yeah of course but he won't be but funnily enough i think all the top six all one through six are all available on streaming services right now correct so please so, please if you're listening to this and you don't watch a lot of movies maybe you haven't seen any of all these, of them but one are available right. so please go watch watch these movies right go ahead and watch them and uh with that thank you guys for tuning in uh hope you enjoyed and three hours uh, you know we hope to see you next time but we will be back thanks for joining us on the drive home